connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. What is AOC? What is community media? Maybe these are small questions, but they have big answers. So big, in fact, that we had to make a whole podcast about just that. The short answer is in our mission statement. Building an informed and engaged community through media, technology, and education. I'm Matt Roberts. AOC member Arthur Jackson has a powerful message about determining your destiny that he shares on this week's Community Quotes. Join AOC for as little as $35 a year to have access to high-quality cameras, audio, podcasts, and editing booths, production equipment, educational workshops, and much more. AOC Community Media has evolved into a true media center focused on building an informed and engaged community through media, technology, and education. For more information about becoming an AOC member, visit our website at aocinc.org. Um, all right, so first question, the first question of any good journalist, uh, would you say and spell your name for us? A-R-T-H-U-R, Arthur Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N. That's pretty, I think we can all remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arthur, where did you grow up? In New Orleans, Louisiana. In New Orleans, Louisiana. What part of New Orleans? Well, we, we could a couple different areas, uh, mainly around St. Francis Cabrini area. Okay. Uh, Robert E. Lee per leader, and then we moved to New Orleans East, and then we moved out to the Lower Ninth Ward in the Wrigley's, to New Orleans. So, did you have a favorite area that you grew up in in New Orleans? Well, uh, back in the day, I spent a lot of my time in the projects. <laughs> okay, um, what was it like growing up there? Uh, it was great. It was gr- it was great if if you if you uh, allowed it to be, or it could be bad too. <laughs> what do you it mean? just depends on the choices you made. There was a lot of things to do of extracurricular activities for young people to do to learn and grow. And there was also those that weren't so good to learn and grow in the wrong direction. Uh, but it was great. So can I take it that you chose the extracurricular activities that were learning and growing? What Later on in life, yeah. <laughs> later on in life. The wrong choices eventually brought me to the right choices. Okay. So now I teach how to do the right choices. By changing the root, it changes the fruit. And I'm talking about your thoughts. What you think on is what you do. So that's what I do. That's what I use AOC for. I, I use it, I, I do ministry, but I do I t- teach men 
how to apply it into their life. They, a lot of people, they, they go to church and church wants to teach them how to live from the outside in. And we're spirit beings, so we need to learn how to live from the inside out. Where, based on what the Bible says, basically the scriptures, how to apply that in your life. And it changes what you think about, which is the root, which produces a different fruit. And that's how it changed my life. What is, and maybe you've already given it, but what would you say, like, what is your, the first lesson you'll, you'll convey to a, a new person that you're teaching? That we all have, we're all equally loved by God, and we all have the same access to God. That doesn't mean we believe it, and that doesn't mean we act upon the access, but we do. doesn't love me anymore because I'm teaching somebody than he does the person I'm teaching. We're equally loved, and we have equal access to the Father. It's just we, in our self-talk, what we tell ourselves is he doesn't love me because of, and you can go down the laundry list. But the only way to receive is to believe. This is one of my favorite quotes. If you believe you can, or if you believe you can't, you're right both times. That's, that's, that's what I, it's all about believe, what you believe. And you can only believe what you think on, what you meditate on, what you focus on. Thoughts, your thoughts will produce your actions. Your actions continue to produce your habits. Your habits produce your character, which determines your destiny. What, uh, what would be the first piece of advice you might give to someone who's looking to change their thought patterns? Replace the thought. Is this, now, I'm going to sound like a modern mind, and I am, because the scripture says the carnal mind is an enemy of God. So it's not here, it's here that you're here. But what you want to do is you want to replace that thought with using or lusting. Or Lusting could be more than just lusting after a woman or a woman after a man. It could be lusting after somebody's property. Or it could be lusting after a dope or money to get dope or whatever it could be. That's what you change. If it's not scripturally based, if it's not in those 49 commands of Christ, then you change that thought and replace it with one that is. But it takes discipline. It's not easy to do, but it can be done. And when you do that, then you change what you're going to do. Because if I'm not thinking about it, I'm not going to do it. If I'm thinking about the good thing, I'm not going to do the bad. So I change the bad thought with the good thought. The trick is recognizing it. It's either your voice, his voice, or his voice. And they all sound similar. You recognize which voice it is. His voice is always going to line up with his word. And if it lines up by knowing the word, meditating on that, then I know that it's him or that's the direction. But if it doesn't, <laughs> I know it's the snake. And why would I listen to the snake? And sometimes I don't even need a snake because I can convince myself. I can tell myself a lie, believe it, and convince myself of it and then justify my actions acting upon that lie. And, and so you, if you catch it, you learn to do it immediately, it comes, becomes easier. It's a practice discipline. Don't do it all the time perfectly. Myself, nobody does, but that's the first lesson I would teach. That's the lesson I do teach over and over and over and over. Because you can hear it and you won't do it right away. It took me a long time to learn it. 
even though I heard it many times. So speaking of, that's something I kind of wanted to circle back to. As you said, at some point there was a transition in your life or a change Correct. where you, you stopped making what you consider bad decisions and started making good decisions. Uh, is there a story directly around that or did you find it was a gradual change that, that occurred and then one day you knew you had made it through to the other side of the change? Are you still struggling with? Or? Well, the, the change came, okay, um, I, God uses sometimes the belly of the jail to swallow people up to bring correction, not judgment. A lot of people do a lot of things. And you go to jail, and God's trying to use that time to bring correction in their life to make stop and doing. So when I ran out of options, then I clung on to that and said, this is, this is either going to work for me or it's not. And I let the time pass to where, where the, the scriptures started manifesting physically in my life. The spiritual started showing up physically. Then I could say, well, it's too late, devil. Or it's too late, Arthur, you can't talk yourself out of it because there it is. It's real. It's showing up in your life. But Do you have any examples of that, like anything that you'd be willing to share that are not too personal? Uh, I, I wrote a book about my life story, so it's, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, it's nothing personal anymore. I'm dead. He's alive. So anyway, let me put it to you like this. As a lifelong heroin addict, the fruit of that addiction was, was the, the, the fruit of the lifestyle was crime, prison, 157 felony arrests, seven felony convictions, five prison terms. But I was a slow learner. My problem was I'd try to do the same thing over, but just a different way. I would say, if I would have just took a right instead of a left, I wouldn't have got caught. So the next time I would try it differently, and it didn't work. So finally, I ran out of options. I couldn't try it differently anymore. So I had to give up that way and cling on to something. And then the problem was it takes time. So I grabbed on to it and I just held on to it and I held on to it and I held on to it. And I wouldn't go back to my Egypt, to my bondage for a cucumber or a fish. I just kept going on forward, holding on to this, to the promises manifested because it takes time. And, and when they manifested, then because then, then, God can't bless a mess, but he will bless you. And it manifested in my life, and I would talk myself out of it every time. I would get right to the door and talk myself out of it, believing that because I was I, the, the, it was the lifestyle, not the not not none of the fruit, everything was a fruit of the lifestyle. It was the lifestyle I loved, but it was the root that was I was rooted and grounded in that lifestyle. So to change the fruit, I changed the root, and I did that by taking every thought into captivity bringing it to the obedience of Christ through the Word. And that's that discipline that you talk about. That's the about. discipline. Yeah. So I started living from the inside, from the spirit man, out. What's Instead of spirit man in. Our soul, there's, you got, everybody has a soul, they have a spirit, and they have a body. And in that soul is the mind, will, and emotions. It's my mind, my will, and my emotions that I had to crucify because it was all, it, was, it didn't work. And it was allow him to live. So the spirit is the deepest part of us. It's in our heart. When we, when we are speaking to Christians that accepted Christ in their life, they become a speaking spirit. But they don't, most of them don't operate from the spirit. They operate from the soul in. The soul controls the spirit instead of the spirit controlling the soul. And all that it means is 
taking every thought into captivity and bring it into the obedience of Christ. So if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, well, you're just not going to receive it because you don't believe it. And most of it's self-talk. You talk yourself out of it. You don't even need a devil for that. You can just do it by yourself. Uh, and how, for those who may not know, how would you distinguish the soul and the spirit? You would mentioned those are two different... The soul, the soul is your mind, will, and emotions. That literally, you, when you when you accept Christ, you become a speaking spirit that has a soul. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions that lives in a body. Okay, the body wants to do, like like when I was an addict, I was always letting the body dictate to me what I was going to do because of a feeling. Okay, and so when I would get arrested, I'm going to try to explain it like this: the feeling I would, could no longer satisfy the feeling. So now I was living from the carnal mind, from, from, from a thought process, which was better than living from the feeling, but it still wasn't there yet. I still wasn't able to overcome, so I had to learn to tell the body to shut up, and I had to learn to tell the soul to shut up, and let the spirit speak. Speak to me. I, I'm not trying to change anybody other than myself. My problem when I, when I was young, I was always trying to change the other guy. Well, if God would just fix him or just fix her, or just give me my way, and, and my way didn't work. And so I had to learn that. Very, very interesting. Um, did, you, did you go to college, Arthur? Uh, <laughs> yeah, in prison. <laughs> in prison. Did, did you earn a degree in prison? No. 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 I, I learned a law, a law degree. A law degree? Well, actually, I didn't get the degree. But I reversed all my convictions myself on appeal by typing on a manual typewriter in jail. I would reverse them, I'd get out, which was probably the worst thing that could ever happen. Six months later, I'd be back in on a new charge. I'd be back in prison, convicted, and I'd type my way out again. And I did that like three or four times. Most It was all, it, it, it's like they, some guys would say, man, I can't get out once in here. You done left me four times. And it was, you know. And then I'd come back in and I'd get right in the same bed right next to the same guy that was an inmate pastor. And I couldn't get away. I couldn't get away no matter where I went, even in jail. So we were the famous two. He was the pastor for spiritual advice and I was the lawyer. They'd all come to me with their cases because I got myself out. So, you know, but... How'd you get the uh, the idea to study law? I mean, it may seem obvious to some, but uh, what what sparked that that idea? Wanting to go home. Wanting to go. Wanting home. to get out of there. Any way I <laughs> could do it. <laughs> it, it. The stupid thing was, I'd want to get out, but as soon as I got out, it looked like I was trying to break back in with that. With the, it was crazy. It was like a revolving door, and. I learned how to stop revolving on that door, and today I spend my life teaching others how to do the same. So I take what the enemy meant for home and turn it around for good for others. Not only does it help others, but it's their children and their children's children that makes a difference. Uh, you said that you were the lawyer and your your uh, associate or, or mate or roommate. Yeah, or he, was bed, he was bed. He was bed. Yeah, next to me. He we was, was in the, the dormitory. The pastor. He was an inmate pastor. He was in there for ten years for armed robbery. But he was walking when I'm talking. He was walking and in there. I wasn't yet. I haven't got to that level of, of, of training yet. Would he you, disciplined himself. Would you say he was one of the inspirations for your... your he is. He's actually, he's in my book. I named Robert Earl is his name. I, I named him in my book. He, he, he was, but 
really, it was, I can tell you, my spiritual father was my inspiration. His name is Marvin Gorman. He went on to be with the Lord. But, uh, and Teen Challenge is, is a program I went through. But uh, Marvin Gorman, to, to, to really know that there was a God and that he loved me, somebody that could be as, as, as despitefully evil as I was, I said, uh, he, 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 he gave a message one Sunday, and I was sitting in church, and I said to God in my head, if this is really you talking to me, and I knew it was because I felt it here. I knew it was directed. And he even said this message was for one guy. So he walked out to the sanctuary, and I said, Lord, if this message was really for me, let him walk back in, which he never does, and let him say this, this, that, and the other thing. So he walks back in picks up the microphone and says, just what I told God in my head, verbatim on the microphone. I like to say, what? And from that day forward, I knew there was a real God and he loved me and he loves everybody equally. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing because yeah. nobody could read your mind and I knew nobody could read your mind. So. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, so it looks like you've answered my next question on my list, which is, did you have any mentors growing up? But did you have any other mentors besides? Greg Dill, Keith Ruggles. Right now I have Pastor Mike Melee and Tim Miller. They're, my, they're, they're who I pattern myself after. And, 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 and so I don't just, like, my Pastor Mike is, is the, the apostolic covering over White Dove, which I attend, I attend White Dove. But I don't just go on a hobby like, like, like a Saints game, you sit in the stands, I'm an active participant. What I mean is I listen to tapes and CDs over and over and over, hours and hours and hours. I get up, I pray, I meditate, I listen, I listen, I listen. And then I go do. Because I, I used to listen to my daddy, and I didn't do it. And if I only did it, I, just, I said, I didn't have to listen, just go do it. It would have been a lot better outcome. It would have been a supernatural outcome. I mean a supernormal outcome, not a supernatural outcome. Now allow the supernatural to dominate, then it just shows up naturally. It's nothing, it's, it's, it's all, all the miracles in the Bible will work, what I'm talking about. And Moses rose, rose the rod and the seas parted, he tapped the rock. It was always work. Somebody dipped in the Jordan seven times. So it's action with your faith that produces the supernatural and the natural. You, you mentioned listening to your dad. Was your dad a pastor or was... No, he didn't preach any sermons. He just lived one. My daddy lived a sermon. He, his, his whole life he was honest. He was faithful. He never Jewed any... He never... He, he never dis, in business, he was never dishonest with a customer. Even if the customer was wrong and my daddy was right, he would still go put that call... He had, he had a service station. Put that call in the rack. We're going to fix it free anyway just to keep the customer happy. My daddy was, and, and he was patient, tolerant, and loving. And he had to be to, 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 to handle me. And so, yeah. And he, I wasn't his natural son, I was his adopted son. So for him to put up with what he put up with, with me all those years, and take his own money and try to help me out, even though I kept falling into the same pit over and over, that was a real, that was a real sermon. That was somebody with long suffering. And that's what you mean by doing. Yeah, I just had, he would never tell me to do something wrong. He would always, anything he told me was always to benefit me. And it was always lined up with, with being honest, with being, a, with, with being a good character, with being a good person. It, it was always lined up with that. 
and it was never the other thing. I always chose the other thing because I thought the guys that used to work for him were slicker than him. See, I was looking at it through the lens of foggy vision, believing a lie as though it was true, and it became my reality. All right, we're going to ask a few questions about AOC. Uh, how did you first get involved with AOC? I think uh, I, I, I got an email or a phone call and something about uh, AOC was having an annual meeting and they were going to give away a backpack. And I said, well, iPad and the backpack. And I was planning on doing some video to, for the ministry where I could put it on TV, AOC, and get in to all the jails at once. Right now, I go in at one at a time. So I said, okay, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to win that backpack. So I did. I, I did. I, I signed up and I went to the meeting. And guess what? I won the backpack. <laughs> so now that's how I got started. And, 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 and it was, yeah, it was great. And uh, so I'm able to produce some CDs, bring them in to content, you know, in the right format. And, and I haven't watched one on TV yet, but I'm trusting that they all went into where they're supposed to be. I'm believing him. I'm, and, and I'm believing that I'm getting into a lot of jails. Instead of just getting into one, I go into New Iberia at 7 every morning, Sunday morning, not every morning, Sunday mornings. So I'm believing that these CDs are helping me reach other people. I'm not going to get everybody, but there's going to be some, and it's going to have, and what I'm really after is the children and their children's children, because they're going to walk in what their father walks in. You know, If your papa was a Rolling Stone, chances are you're going to be a Rolling Stone. Yeah. And so... Uh, what was your first impression of AOC when you I first? I liked it. <laughs> the first time I really came, they were doing something with a bunch of children in here, and one of them was the producer. And I don't know what, what class that was, but, but then they came out and they were lit up like a Christmas tree. And I said, man, that is awesome. That is great. Because the kid's going to learn how to produce the, the TV show. And, who, and, and one of them was behind the camera, one of them was in front of the camera, and I guess they all took turns doing one thing at another and I said, man, that's, 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 just, that's just awesome. And so I said, I want to be a part of something like that because it really reaches the community in, in, a, in a broad way and it gets down to the children and, and, and that's, that's great. Definitely one of my favorite parts of my job yeah, is yeah. working with uh, excited groups of kids. Yeah. That's awesome. Just because, yeah, they're so, they're so young and they're so... Uh, impressionable. Yeah, impressionable and, yeah, excited yeah. about it. Yeah, they were excited. Their eyes were like silver eyes when they came out. Yeah, sometimes uh, I think adults, even me, can look at it as a chore, right? Any job becomes a chore or something like right. that. And to see them get really excited about it makes me realize that my job's not a chore. It's really fun. It is. Yeah, it, it is. It's great. Um, what surprised you most about working with AOC? Were there any surprises? Yeah, the, cl the classes. I mean, you go in there, and you, I learned so much on how to edit, how to do different things, how to, stuff that I couldn't dream that I could do. And I came a couple classes, and the next thing you know, I can, I'm zippity-doo down through the editing, and I said, man, this is great. So it, it really helped me do what I wanted to do to help others. I mean, it's not about author, it's about helping others. And so I learned how to do some things that might help somebody. And it, I, I, I liked it. I that's, do. That's really awesome. Love it. Um, what would be, and you may already be working on it, it kind of sounds like it, but what would be your dream project to work on? Dream project. 
as far as making a video or, or not? Yeah, a, a video or, or audio, or maybe it's like you want to write a song or drop an album or... Well, my dream project, I wrote it already. It's called my book. <laughs> it wasn't my dream, it was my nightmare, but he made it a dream. So, but um, the, the, uh, I would like to one day eventually um, get, get a show that regularly comes on at a certain time with certain hours to where I can tell them, look, tune in next week, tune in next week, and that's coming. I just have to be committed to that, that, that hour. Whether I can do it in studio or through a DVD, I just have to be committed. And, and I, so I have to make room in the schedule that I have now for that. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, so I'm trying to do that because I really want to touch men and, they, and, they, and ch bring lifestyle change. Not me bring it, they bring it. They have to bring it. I can't. I can tell them how, but I can't do it for them. So I want to teach them how they can bring lifestyle change. And that's what each one of my, my CDs is, or, or program is about, them changing themselves, applying certain principles. They have the same love and the same access as I do. Billy Graham does. As, as everybody in the Bible does, God loves them just as much. Equally. He's equal. That's awesome that you've already worked on your dream project. That's a lucky thing, for sure, and a blessed thing. I might do a follow-up, a yeah. different different book, but, yeah. but um, right now, like I donate the book into jails and prisons, faith-based solutions to addiction, homeless people, homeless shelters, um, Red Cross, where, wherever, somebody's going to read it. And so when they read the book, especially when I go in jail, I, I get, it's one of the most read books in Iberia Parish. When they read it, they say, that's my life story with your name on it. It, 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 it. So it was written in a way where it ministers to them so they can see the tricks and traps they fell in that they willingly went in with their own thoughts and, and how to get out. It deals with changing the route. Uh, you said it was written in such a way that I think like that it could connect with a lot of people. Right. Um, what is your advice to maybe your fellow man in general about connecting with other people? A lot of people can tend to not see the other person's point of view or not connect with people. If you had to give advice on connecting with people and on identifying with them, what would you say that advice might be? I would, I would say take them as they are. Because uh, like when I came, you got to take them like they are, and and and, sh and shut up and walk it out by the action, and allow him to bring change to them by what you do, not much what you say. Of course, your words got to line up with your action, and your actions got to line up with your words. And if that happens, and you pray, and you stay out of trying to, you got to do it this way or that way, and let them. Because each of us is a unique individual with unique and different giftings. So it's hard to do because they're not going to smell like you smell. They're not going to think like you think. They're not going to look like you look. And they're not going to do it your way. But that doesn't mean it's wrong. So I would say accept them as they are. And allow him to change by you doing what you're supposed to do. And don't judge him. Don't judge. Just I mean, you can judge the fruit. You can bring correction with the word, but don't judge the person. Because most of the time, it's, it's a principality 
behind the mentality. It's never the person. It's, 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 it's either a spirit speaking through them to you to get you off course. But I, that's what I would say. Take them as they are and walk it out before them. Disciple them. Bring them in. Because that's who needs it the most. I think that's great advice. That's solid. Um, what are you looking forward to for the rest of 2017? Is there anything big going on for the rest of 2017 for Arthur? I'm looking forward to at the end of 2017 that Resurrection Ministries, which is a nonprofit 501c3, would acquire some housing for transitional housing to allow the men getting out of jail, instead of going back to what the arrest delivered them from that lifestyle, to come live there, and then the attic on the street in a separate house, in two houses, and allow them to grow in 14 months, 14-month program they sign up for, free to come in, and then as, as you grow, we'll, we'll allow you certain privileges. And Of course, the guys coming from jail need to get re-enter society. The guys coming off the street need to be secluded from society. So it would be two different things, but allow them to grow, get them rooted and planted in the church, where they have a family of friends that are walking this thing out, that will change their life, that will help them once they graduate the program. But to transition them into a new route to produce a different fruit. That's what, that's what I'm looking for, transitional housing. That is exciting because it's much needed, as yeah, I'm sure it you're is. aware of. Yeah. It is. You can walk downtown. You, you don't have to. I mean, I'm not, look, I believe going on mission trips is all great, but you can go on a mission trip right here. You can walk across the street and you can start your mission trip. You don't have to go far. I think that's great. That's a, a great way to think about, it, especially your community, and a great way to bolster yeah, your yeah. community. There's people out there that need help. Yeah. Um, I think I know at least one of the answers to this, but what are you reading right now? Well, I'm reading the Word, the Bible, and, and I'm also reading, uh, again, Pastor Mike Melee's book, Recognizing the Demonic. I have it on my phone, an uh, e-book, and I also have the audio, so I like to play the tape and listen to it. So, so it, recognizing the demonic, in other words, the mentality, what you're thinking about, what's, just keep, uh, like, I, I don't walk on water because my wife won't give me lessons. She will not give me lessons. I ask for them, but she won't. So I'm not perfect. So I slip, I goof, I fall, and I try to get it right. Every time I do, I ask for forgiveness and, and go back to working on the basics, keeping the basics. It's the same thing with basketball. If you do the basics, you're going to be able to dribble. If you don't, you're going <laughs> to lose the ball or you're going to miss the shot. Working on the basics, constantly. Good, solid advice. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to skip a few of these questions to try and find the best ones because you have a, a really inspiring story that you shared with us today, Arthur. Um, let's see. All right, let's try some silly questions or silly okay. questions. Uh, what is your superpower? My superpower? I would say the Holy Spirit. Superpower. That's him. That author, author, the old author wouldn't help anybody. Not the, not, not the, the, the old author that I created. Not the one that God created early in life. The one that I recreated through my own stinking thinking. Wouldn't help anybody but author. Uh, he'd help somebody if there's something in it for Arthur. 
But yeah, I'd say the Holy Spirit. Um, let's see. What what is your spirit animal and why? I don't know, I guess it would be a a, a lion. Why is that? Because it's the lion of the tribe of Judah that I send in to sing in the praises of the Lord. So he's a lion of the tribe of Judah. So I would say that would be, if I'm dead, and the scripture in Galatians, I keep saying that, Galatians 2.20 says, I'm supposed to be dead. The attic is buried in the ground, and now Christ lives in me, basically is what it says. That's paraphrasing it. So if I'm dead and he's alive, it'd be the lion, because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. I like that. Um, all right, let's see. If the problem is keeping me in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here I think this may be the last question for the day, so you okay. have to be out of the hot seat. Um, describe yourself in three words. Yes, honey. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to describe myself. I guess sometimes more bolder than I should be. Loud, boisterous, but also quiet. You know, I, I just trying to work on being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's what I'm working on me now. So I guess it's talking too much and not listening. That's the, that would be it. Um, I'm sorry, I said that was going to be the last question, but now I want to ask one more because you talked about your wife a couple of times. Okay. Uh, how long have you been married? 20-something years, over 20 years. Over 20 years, and how did you, you meet your wife? Oh, God. You can pass on it. Born and raised in New Orleans, I learned how to dance. This is funny, this is funny. And uh, so I could dance real well. I mean, you would think I gave Michael Jackson lessons back in the day. So when I first met her, I wasn't always an ordained minister, right? I was out dancing. My, my, I ran from Andrew with my shrimp boat, and I came out dancing. And T.K. Eulin was playing. I went out dancing. And I would dance with different ladies. I wasn't, and, but I saw her. And she was like, to me, the most beautiful woman in there. And I was afraid to go ask her for a dance because she was going to reject me. So I didn't. And at the end of the night, she walks up to me and puts her leg, and she had a black, she had a black dress with white polka dots, the matching shoes and a matching handbag. And it was right at the knee. And she came to me and she, you used to strip tease. And I said, no, honey, but I'll give you lessons. And she started laughing and that's what I got. So after she started laughing, I started, when I would go back to my boat, I would call her from the ship to shore fax her letters when I came in to sell my shrimp, come in to date her, she would drop me off and I'd walk back to the boat 30, 30 miles and that's how I started, we started dating and meeting at night and, and so it was worth it <laughs> and we finally got married. That's a great story, I appreciate yeah. you sharing and I appreciate you coming down today. I don't know if she's going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she will, that's a great romantic story. It is, it is. Did you know that AOC Community Media has a free after-school program called Muse for students ages 12 through 18 every Monday from 4.30 p.m. to 6 p.m.? 
Participants will learn about television studio production, creating a podcast from start to finish, photography, media literacy, and much more. For registration and more information about our MUSE program, visit the AOC website at aocinc.org. podcast is produced by AOC Community Media. Contributors include Othello Andrews, Marie Bolden, A. Bowie, Lillian Dejon, Annette Diaz, Jill Boozy Ferguson, Nancy Judas, Joseph Cleason, William McFarland, Matt Roberts, Stephen Skip Shannon, Christy Tracy, Jasmine Tillery, Jacob White, and Shahid Williams. Music in today's episode, Luna's Little Friend, Ukulele Instrumental by Ivan Chu, Kyoshi Key by Nano, The Long Goodbye by John Pasden. ALC Community Media is located at the Rosa Parks Transportation Center, 101 Jefferson Street, Suite 100, Lafayette, Louisiana, 70501. For more information, go to our website at aocinc.org, call 337-232-4434, or email info at aocinc.org. Until next time, stay informed and engaged.